evening and welcome back to another amazing episode of From the Couch Sports. I have with me the unbelievable, the amazing Jerome Peterson. Jerome, how are you? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is unbelievable. What an amazing time of year it is. It's the time we've all been waiting for. Football season is upon us. I hope you're ready. Born ready. Born ready. And now for the guy who has to kick off a season against the defending world champs. World champs, like any of the rest of the world, competes. (laughs) Pitiful communists. Karen Stack, how are you, buddy? Our very own communist. Because every other country is communist. But yes, boys, we are T-minus less than 48 hours away. I have never been this excited or nervous in my entire life. Boy, right right from the get, it could start rocky. Like... (laughs) (laughs) fucking jump street it is going to be very very either very bad or very good very very true you are being optimistic (laughs) (laughs) tom brady has zero chill so this time of the year just before the season starts means that we just had our league of record draft and as jerome so aptly put it in our group chat why do all of this draft prep talk without recapping for the people how the draft went. So we're yeah, not going to ask. Eric didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> I did. Well, because I the way I thought about Eric it hates was, our fans. <laughs> Obviously. I love our fans because I love well, he me. Makes, he makes more than enough money selling Chevrolets to morons that, you know, he's like, what, what do we need listeners and, and monetized ads for? <laughs> hey, speaking of communists, you're the one who sells the commies, but we'll let it go. Um, okay, so we and did... lesbians and lesbians. I already said that, but okay, we're not going to go over the whole "how do you think you did" thing. It's kind of like I think I did great. Everyone's going to pretty much say that, except for Kieran, uh, who had one major mistake. But I enjoyed it. sleeping on the couch after that one. <laughs> Um, okay, so gentlemen, we'll start off with you, Jerome. What do you think was your best pick, your best moment in the draft? DK Metcalf in the second round. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. And um, I mean, just to be fair, I I, I, I was the seventh pick. Uh, I hate that pick location um, generally. So I, I tried to make the best of it. I had a few missteps. But I am very happy with DK Metcalf. I think he's going to have a phenomenal season. Definitely the wide receiver one there. Um, He's going to command targets. He's going to have opportunities. Very happy with it. Out of curiosity, you picked one place before the person who chose DeAndre Hopkins. What was it about DK that differentiated him from D-Hop? His quarterback can see over the O-line. Just waiting for my breakfast. Lewis! <laughs> old, old baby legs himself. Old baby legs. <laughs> old baby legs. I mean, D-Hop is the man, but he's been dealing with some injuries. And um, just from the preseason, it doesn't seem like the, the Cardinals offense is firing on all cylinders, uh, as they should be. Um, but I have all the trust and confidence in the fidelity and the abilities of wow, one DK Metcalf, and uh, that's why I invested my second round pick in him. 
Very well. Uh, Kieran, why don't you go ahead with yours? Yeah, I'm going to go with a, another wide receiver, another wide receiver, one on his team, Mr. Keenan Allen. Um, mm. I think he's going to have a very, very good season this year. Um, he's obviously a very proven wide receiver, and he now has an experienced baby face bomber throwing to him. He is not the lovable pie-faced rookie of yesteryear. He is a badass now with short hair that makes him look even younger somehow, and I think he's going to be slinging the ball like crazy to his main man, Keenan Allen. You know, it's kind of funny because we actually have brought it up in the last episode, uh, and I offered Kieran, if you have had already two picks and you're faced with Keenan Allen versus Allen Robinson, who would you take? And Well, Robinson was already off the board when it got to you, but uh, you stuck to your guns anyway, so... I, for the record, I also like that you went Darren Waller in your second round pick uh, a little bit earlier than ADP, but smart, ballsy move. So I had the first overall pick and in all the mocks that I had been doing, my game plan was pretty simple. Go CMC and then grab one of the top three tight ends um, and then go three receivers right after that. So what the whole plan is predicated on is being able to find running backs two and three that make that strategy work. Because if you go heavy receiver and then you get shit bags for running backs at two and three, or for me, I mean, I always look at it as three, but that's because I always start a running back in my flex. Being able to take Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon as my two and three running back. Love it. Those are guys that I absolutely love. They're total volume plays. I know everyone's excited about Javante Williams, but I have been the exact opposite. So I was pretty happy about that. And then on the flip side, gents, the moment of weakness, the pick that you were least confident in in the draft, I'll start it off. I'm sitting there watching, and when I picked Gordon and uh, and Kareem Hunt, I specifically passed on Aaron Rodgers. And then there was a string of quarterbacks taken. So on the next time around, I took Tannehill. But in the next go around, my I thought to myself, no one's going to pick a backup quarterback. I didn't feel great about Tannehill. I wanted to get another backup that I could play confidently. And I completely whiffed on it. I went with Will Fuller instead of taking Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins, who I really like this year to be backups and matchup plays, and ended up with Trey Lance who is fine, but he's not going to see the field for a long time. So I need to hope that Brian Tannehill will stay healthy. That was it for me. Um, Jerome? So in the 14th round, um, I uh, in the later rounds, I basically go back and forth looking at the tier levels of who's available, and I pick a, a, a running back or a wide receiver to fill out the rest of my bench. And as I was going down, I picked up Latavius Murray. Well, um, while I wouldn't have said that he was necessarily my worst pick, uh, as of this morning, Latavius Murray uh, was asked by the New Orleans Saints organization to restructure his deal to take less money. He said no, and then they cut him. So um, considering the fact that he is not currently on a team, (laughs) he is my worst pick. (laughs) Maybe you get some work somewhere else. I don't know. I don't necessarily need to drop him this minute, but you know, it's um, considering that he doesn't have a team to play for at the moment. He would definitely be my, my point of weakness at the moment. 
<laughs> I think that's fair. A player who doesn't currently have a team is is a fair yeah. a fair point. I mean, that's I mean that's not as bad as picking a kicker that is out and not playing at all. <laughs> Which leads <clears throat> us to Kieran, who did not choose that player. Right. And that's just because it it's a I think I've moot point at this point. I've corrected the issue. I picked a kicker who is not going to be anywhere near kicking anything for the majority of this year. Um, but I've rectified that and I'm going to go with the guy that's going to be a little bit tougher to defend. And that's Jamar chase. Um, definitely kind of went out on a limb. It's a, an anemic offense with a quarterback who is, you know, who knows how he's going to bounce back from, you know, a terrible season ending injury um, who really hasn't, you know, had his full rookie year yet. Um, he was injured so early last year and, you know, their offensive lines bad to put it nicely, but, you know, it was kind of a down to the wire. I was staring at a bunch of guys and I just kind of knee jerk reaction went with him. I do love Joe Burrow. Um, I think he's going to be good, but I mean, looking at that draft, like hindsight's 2020, I probably could have gone someone somewhere else with that pick. Yeah. He's, he's one where the ceiling is incredible, but I don't know. As the offseason's gone along, I I find myself having less and less faith. He like I'll put it like this: Jamar Chase was off my board. He was not. He was. I I had removed him before the seat or before the draft even began. Um. Okay. Week one is upon us, boys. Time to get back into the groove. For us during the season, what we like to do is a little time to get back into the groove. Our players to watch. Ferris Bueller, you're my hero. Who is the hero? Karen, start us off. So my player to watch week one is going to be Corey Davis. Brand new head coach, brand new system, brand new rookie quarterback who everyone is super high on this year. Um, Yahoo said I was going out on a limb picking him, but Yahoo can go fuck itself. Because uh, I think Corey Davis <laughs> is going to have an awesome year. He's a very good wide receiver who, like we said about Sam Darnold, was cursed with just awful team management, awful coaching, and a forgettable quarterback. Now he's got brand new quarterback, rookie, supposedly the next coming of Mormon Jesus, and a brand new head coach who is, you know, Obviously, a more defensively-minded coach, but a new head coach nonetheless. It's a new system, and I think they're going to be utilizing him quite a bit. I like it. Um, I'm going to go next. Mine is on the heels of Kieran's pick um, and under center for Kieran's pick. It's Zach Wilson. Uh, Kieran brought it up. There's a lot of hype around him. For me, personally, I'm always more interested in the second quarterback taken than the first. Um, I just, I think I, I almost took Mac Jones for this pick because I think he's very interesting. And I think that, you know, the whole Patriot quarterback thing is an interesting world that we're about to step into with this new rookie. But I also think he's probably going to be pretty boring to start it off. That's a very much running team there in New England. I don't see any way that Zach Wilson's beginning to the NFL is a boring one. He may not be very good. He may not, you know, throw three touchdowns to zero interceptions, but I think it's going to be very interesting. He seems like the kind of guy who wants to throw the ball 10 plus yards, 
just air air yards, right? So I'm interested to see how well he does, how accurate, how how well he takes his reads. And there's a lot of arm talent there. So I, I hope the best for Zach Wilson this week. Jerome? So my player to watch for this week is Mr. Zachary Ertz, who has been highlighted. I know it's kind of a homer pick, but still. Um, Zach's been highlighted in the sports media as coming out and saying that he's reconciled with the management staff of the Eagles. Cause obviously there's no real reason to reconcile with the coaches. They're fucking new. Um, but I want to see if Ertz steps up as the alpha senior player on the team. I mean, he commanded, I mean, he, he, he was the reception leader, uh, what two years ago. Yeah. I mean, he broke, he broke the reception record for a tight end in a season. So like, and that's just a few years ago. I mean, yeah, he fell off last year. He was hurt, stuff like that. It looks like he's been working out. He's committed to being a part of the team. He's had a great preseason, um, really active. Uh, the coaches like him. I just, I think I'm, my eyes are going to be focused on seeing how he does um, this first game and see if he, goes back to playing like he used to um uh because we could use it yeah there's a couple things on that too that you didn't hit on so much but to add to one point you made i don't i don't think a lot of people view it this way but i certainly do that when zach Ertz is good when he was good if he is still good it's a huge difference maker and an x factor for the eagles that sets them apart offensively um because that weapon in the middle of the field, that you know, that good route running, he's a good space finder too. It sounds kind of corny, but he is. Um, last year it didn't work out so well, but there were a lot of things that were fucked up. And the other thing that you didn't mention was Dallas Godert seems to be dissatisfied with the Eagles for not going anywhere with their contract talks. Um, he came out and said that they that they broke him off, that they didn't go so. I don't know. I mean, maybe Godert, maybe that doesn't affect his play, but Zach Ertz did have a strong preseason. So it is interesting. If, if he is good, they could be a much improved offense. So I mean, you give me, you give me both of them on either side and then Devonta on the, on the, on the far side, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Run a two wide receiver set miles with miles Sanders. If miles Sanders, plays like he should. I mean, that that's a dangerous offense. If it's, if it's, if everybody does what they're supposed to do. That's true. I, 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 and they're so underestimated too, at this point, at least by fans. So. Sorry, I mean, was, yeah, I mean, we, we love, we love our team, but we, we're not like the fucking Cowboys. <laughs> we don't have, we don't have sports media pumping our assholes full of hot air every fucking year, year after year. It's a very good point. I mean, Kieran, I'm not saying it's, and I'm not saying it's your fault as a fan. It's like, Oh no, I, I'm, I was telling my barber that today. I was like, it just seems like Papa Jerry pays millions of dollars for fucking sports writers across the country to pump his fans full of fucking hot air. You know, like, do, Oh, this is their year. Like that? Dude, that's exactly what happens yeah. every year. That's exactly what goes on. 
you like, know, there's no way there's no way writers actively choose to write the same bullshit every year. I mean, that's just like Texas media, dude. Like Texas football media is just as bad, if not worse than like New York baseball media. Yeah. The other thing or too Canadian is Canadian like, hockey media. Not And not to get too off track. And this isn't an anti-Cowboys thing or Cowboy fan thing, but usually is. I know. But a few years ago, <laughs> it was it was a big deal that people started to realize and, you know, complain about the fact that ESPN only covers like a few basketball teams or a few baseball teams or one hockey game. And to some degree, I get it. They need to cover the more popular areas to get the most headlines and views and all of that stuff. But with football, it's just not like that with basketball. There are like five to seven teams that perennially are just exist in, I don't know, like the background, no one gives a shit about them. It's just not like that with football. Looking at you, Memphis. Yeah, right. It just no one, no one. Yeah, whoever in, talk, I never hear anybody talk about the Hornets. Yeah, the, the Hornets. The, I'm sorry, but the Milwaukee Bucks before the last five years. Like, True. The, I'm just saying with football, it's not like that. People care about the Jacksonville Jaguars, or they at least know about them. So you don't have to only focus on the Cowboys every year. Whatever. We've beaten the dead horse. It is dying. It is bleeding. Time for games of the week. Time for games of the week. Hit it, Herm. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. The rant on the Cowboys was excellently timed. Jerome, start us off with your game of the week. Game of the week. The titular Cowboys versus at at the current champion Buccaneers. Now the Bucks are favored uh, seven and a half points. Um, and I, I I won't go I won't go into my whole spiel like I did last time, but just I, I feel <laughs> like if if the Bucks really wanted to make a statement right out the gate, they have all the ability on defense and offense to make a wet smear on the turf of the Cowboys. And yeah, that's enough said. So who, so you're picking the you're picking the bucks then. I mean, let's, let's talk about this. Who has a better Who has a better quarterback? Tampa. Tampa. Okay. Who has a better defense? Tampa. Tampa. That's all that matters. You can have the best wide receivers in the world. Who's throwing to them? I mean, they'd say they say Dak. They say Dak, but your boy hasn't. And we t- said this last time. I'll keep it quick. Man hasn't taken an active snap in an in a game time situation in almost a year. If 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 that doesn't terrify you, then you're asleep. No, Karen, who are you picking for this game? I'm going to pick the Bucks to win, but I think Dallas covers. And that's just the eternal optimist in me. But I don't know. Seven and a half seems like it's pretty high. I get it. It's the Bucks, but I don't know. I, 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 I feel something. <laughs> Regret. Uh, 
despair, agony. Anxiety is probably oh, the best word for it. Anxiety. That's mm. that's the there you go. We have yeah. a winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I too will take the bucks. Enough said. It there's just Jerome brought it up in short, but I I have a trouble I have trouble finding an area in which the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers. And I was thinking about it today. I think even though we bring it up a lot, you know, media brings it up a lot. I think we somehow have undersold the value of running it back with the entire starter group from last year in college. We talk about this all the time. Hell in fantasy football, when you're doing research, the players you want the most are the players who stayed on the same team, who are still in the same system, who this, that, and the other thing, because the stability is all there. So it's just perfecting what you already know. I, I think the Buccaneers are a terrifying opponent every week because of that, if that alone, and then you get to the fact that they have Tom Brady. So yes. All right. Karen, what is your game of the week? So my game of the week is going to be coming this Sunday. Browns at the Super Bowl runner-up, Kansas City Chiefs. AFC champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Let's not downplay that. Raise the banner. Uh, yeah, I re- thank you for putting some respect on their name. Yeah. New time. Dude, back-to-back <laughs> AFC champs. Back-to-back AFC champs. But anyway, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, obviously, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. It's Pat Mahomes. It's Travis Kelsey. You know, they bolstered that offensive line in this offseason after – what happened in the Super Bowl, which they needed to do, which was, you know, great on their on their GM side. Um, and then there's the Browns who, you know, have been trending upward the last few years, um, especially with Baker Mayfield, the addition of some pretty good wide receivers, as well as running backs. Defense is obviously very good as well. I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, the Chiefs minus six right now. Um, I'm going with the Chiefs and I'm saying they cover as well. Um, I think the Browns are getting there, but they're not there yet. But I do think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Bet the over. I'm taking the Chiefs, too. The reason I didn't pick this game is because I remember the majority of that playoff game, and before Patrick (laughs) Mahomes got injured, it was sort of a – it was – to say it was one-sided is just not enough. Like, people forget that it was only that close because Patty Mahomes went out, and I think it was like 31-14 to before that. He wasn't close, and the Browns just – they couldn't really do much. Um, I think the Chiefs are on a whole different playing level. I think it's not the most bold statement in the world to say that the Chiefs go 16-1 and this year. You know, like I I really think that this is a team that is destined for greatness. So I I go Chiefs all day, every day, twice on Sunday. Unfortunately, they only play once on Sunday. <laughs> so I'm gonna deviate. I'm oh. going to I'm going to shock everyone and go with the Browns. Homer. Um, I think they want it. Yeah, it's a bit of a homer pick. Um I feel like they're gonna come out. Uh their defense is better, it's fresh, fresh legs, everything, you know. They're gonna come out and they're gonna punch the Chiefs in the mouth. And um, you know, get a get some revenge for from last year. 
Jerome, just out of curiosity, do you see them, the Browns, that is, letting, uh, like, cutting Baker Mayfield loose this year? Oh, letting letting Baker bake? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm proud of you for that one. We coined uh, that. Put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Let Baker bake. Let Baker bake. His lineage was born to do it. <laughs> but, yeah, do you see that happening? I do. I have a hard time seeing it happening. If you wanted to say that they might cover, I'd find that more believable. But oh, I, I didn't. Know. I don't think they'll beat them by much. Maybe, maybe a touchdown, maybe three points. But I, I think they're going to come out and they're going to punch him in the mouth, offensively and defensively. They're they're just going to get after him. I mean, just study, just you know, study what you went wrong last year and try to fix those problems. I mean, look, the, the path is there for the chiefs to disappoint. You can say that you went out there and you bought yourself a new offensive line and you rebuilt it. But one of the main tenets of a good offensive line is one with chemistry, one that works well together. And the chiefs haven't done that in live action. You're going up against a scary defensive line. Jadavion Clowney's is no slouch. Um, actually he is a slouch. He does take a lot of plays off, but he's, he's a good player still. And, you know, Miles Garrett, they've got a good linebacking core. The, the path is there, but a lot of things have to go right, I think. I will go to mine. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers at the Washington football team. So I went with two of the league's hype teams that uh, get to meet in week one after off seasons that had people flocking to join their respective bandwagons. Um. I think, I think this is a great matchup of Herbert wanting to throw the ball deep uh, against maybe the best defensive line in the league. You know, on the other side of the ball, you've got the renewed football team's offense going up against the finally healthy and, you know, possibly intimidating Chargers defense. You know, Los Angeles is favored in this game, uh, but I will be taking the underdog home team. So Herb's. You know, the babyface bomber, he hasn't played with fans in the stands yet. And I look for that to make a huge impact on the start of his sophomore season. Like, I think I don't think that's getting enough credit this year that a lot of these players are coming into their second years and haven't played facing away crowd noise. So I'm going football team to start it off. I mean, that's fair. It can't be understated that this is a homer pick for you as well. It's the opposite, actually. I'm taking I'm taking the football team instead of. Oh, uh, that's the right. Chargers. That's right. I was talking to my barber about it today. Uh, Washington on paper looks great. Will they be able to put everything together? It, the linchpin is Fitz. Does he still have it? And 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 that's the thing. He doesn't need to be. He doesn't even need to be the best version of himself. Well, see, he just needs to be he just needs to be adequate and all those other pieces can make shit happen. See, uh, this is this is respectively. I disagree. I think I think for them to be successful, it's not about him. It has to not be about him at all. It can't be an offense where Fitz slings it and we get to see weekly that he's still got it. You know what I mean? Like I think the best version of the Washington football team is a run heavy, balanced well, I guess that those two things are oxymoronic, but you know, you know, I, I think the best version of them is one that doesn't lean too heavily on him. 
it'll be a mix. I mean, you know, yeah. I think they, they offer if they keep a balanced offense and, you know, keep the defense on their, on their heels, um, you know, Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin can still, they still have speed, still great route runners. They could still catch, you know, that's why, you know, it, it doesn't need to be, you know, the best quarterback play of his life, you know, and JD McKissick and, and Antonio Gibson, they can ball. So are you, you know, taking the football team then? I am. And what, what really it, it, what does it for me is the defense, the, the chargers defense does not stand up to Washington's defense. Um, comparatively, uh, does the, do the chargers have a great offense? I think they do, but they don't have a good enough deep. Like that's where the mismatch is. Washington's offense is definitely better than the defense. And I don't know if the chargers de- offense is better than Washington's defense. Stack. Yeah, I'm going to go football team as well um, for a lot of the same reasons that Jerome just said. Um, defensively, it's extremely one-sided. Um, and, you know, as good as Justin Herbert is, like, obviously, you know, I wouldn't say he went out there and set the world on fire, put the team on his back and, you know, rode him off into the sunset. They still went seven and nine, and he played the majority of that season. And as good as he played, they had injuries. Their defense was bad, just really bad. And, you know, it doesn't help that they have to play Pat Mahomes twice a year. So, I mean, Herbert's great. Keenan Allen's great. Eckler's awesome. But at the end of the day, there's 22 guys that need to make an impact on the game, and they have three. I think these fair. are fair points. Man, we all agreed on all three games. Look no. at us. I had the dissenting opinion on Browns Chiefs. Oh, that's right. You did. Right. Okay. We will be keeping track as we did last year. Just for um, kicks. Stats, guys. Just for shits. Stat Gotta love stats, guys. <laughs> we make the world go around, man. We're, we are the glue that holds the sports community together. We called them nerds when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> we will accept that term as well. Term of endearment, if you will. And Jerome called them fuzzy wagons because it was 1936. <laughs> you can eat a dick, kid. <laughs> you can eat a dick fuzzy and wagons. a Oh man, I want to get a t-shirt that says fuzzy wagon on it. <laughs> fuzzy wagon guy. <laughs> with, with just with just a smiley face, you know the emoji with the glasses, like the nerd face. <laughs> I wear it proudly. Okay. <laughs> so time for the homer in us. Listen, it's the last podcast episode before the season. None of our teams have been defeated. They are in fact undefeated. And winless at the same time, as is the beauty of the zero and zero record. And zero. And zero. Um, So let's start it off. Let's do some reasonable, you know, parentheses, you know, quotations, uh, whatever. Let's do some quote unquote reasonable expectations for our teams. No faith. Oh, I have faith in you, but this isn't a junkyard. This is a garage. Hey, pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. All right, let's start off with my team. This is not a junkyard team. We start off with the LA Rams, and there's a lot of hype. If I wasn't trying so hard to not be a homer, truly the player to watch this week, in my opinion, is Matthew Stafford because this whole hype train is driven 
by the Stafford trade. If it doesn't go well on Sunday night, it's going to be a world of hurt for me. I I'll just call off on work Monday. Like, (laughs) but this whole thing is driven by that. And I think that you have a team that lost a great defensive coordinator, still two of probably the best seven players, uh, defensive players in the league and Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Rodgers, or excuse me, Aaron Donald, my Lord and savior. I think it's a good enough team and a good enough coach in Sean McVay, where even if Stafford is the same above average Stafford that he has always been, that I think the reasonable expectation is this squad goes 11 and six. It's a tough division. I don't think Arizona is all that, but I think 11 and six is reasonable. I think this is at worst, the second wild card team in the NFC. And at best, I think they are a 13 and four team, a division winner, and probably the second seed or first seed in the NFC. And I think that's pretty reasonable. Reactions? God bless you for being so optimistic, buddy, but I just don't know. I think 10 wins, 13 and four is reaching for the stars that have stars. Like it's (laughs) my reasonable expectation was 11 and six, by the way. Okay. I said the ceiling is 13 and four. I mean, the ceiling 17 and no, but <laughs> math is hard. But I don't know, man. And I don't know if it's just I want to see them fail because it'll be funny for me if that happens or if I actually think it's going to happen. But I think realistic, I think they're a 10 and seven. Care to explain? No. Just, just, <laughs> gut. <laughs> just a gut reaction. He's just going with his gut. Yep. Okay, so Kieran thinks the Rams ten and seven. Jerome shooting from the hip. Uh, my reaction is that eleven and six, maybe a little high. I I think you have a great defense. Uh, I think the offense has potential, but you know, in a hundred percent game speed, all starters on the field for both teams. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm going to say. It's reasonable. You you have a tough division, so you know that's gonna that's gonna hurt you. Absolutely, Rome. Go ahead. Reasonable expectation for the Eagles. Uh, this is on the higher side of reasonable. Um, it's me being slightly optimistic too. I'm gonna say nine and eight, and um, that's me being optimistic. I think a lot of people are counting us out. I think a lot of people when the schedule came out. In what April, May, I think a lot of people wrote us off and like, oh, guys, we're gonna take, we're gonna, you know, take that week off. Um, I think <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna really go after people right out of the gate. Um, so I'm saying nine and eight, and then for my second team for the Browns, I'm saying twelve and five. That's what that was. I was very confused. Not <laughs> not a good sign when when you give a, a a thirty second blurb on your team and then you have to just <laughs> switch right over to the Browns. No, nah, what I'm just said, you know, I'm both. I'm 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 uh I'm repping both teams now. You know, uh, my Wait, AFC did you, team. Did you take off the hat to start talking about the Browns? Did you? No, I was just <laughs> fucking with my hair. And fuck you. 
okay. No. Because uh, he got a haircut today. He talked to his barber. Wait, he we, didn't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, no, you, I, you, don't, you don't. I'm sorry. That's right. Your mom cuts your hair. Um, you know, uh, I talk sports in my barbershop. I want to be honest. My own like Eric. I don't. I, okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't talk to my barber. Meaning Are you I don't kidding talk me? Fucking Eric cuts his own with a knife. It's, can't you tell? So let's let's focus on the Eagles here. Stack, what's your reaction to nine and eight? I think it's reasonable, um, especially with what I picked. I think Cowboys Eagles are going to go one, two in the NFCs this year. Wow. Bold statement, huh? Yep. Um, I could see it happening. Um, obviously, there's the Jalen Hurts question mark, but I don't know. As much as I hate Philadelphia, I really, really like Jalen Hurts. I'm high on him. Um, I love the way he plays. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all. I appreciate that about you. And I'm going to bring it down. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I can't see nine and eight for the squad. Shocking. I, it's just, dude, I'm sorry. It, You're not sorry. Don't say that. I am sorry. I, you know, <laughs> because I think the NFL is a more interesting place when the Eagles, they're one of those teams where the NFL is a more interesting place when they're good. Um, because the fans, because the home stadium, you know, because the history that the franchise, but, there's just too many holes there. I think nine and eight is like you said, it's optimistic more than reasonable. That's what I would say. I think, I think it, I think it sides more on optimistic than it does reasonable. I think reasonable will be eight and nine or seven and 10. We shall see. <laughs> There's so many holes and they stuff them with shaved steak and cheese. <laughs> How could you not want that in your life? Talking about things you don't want in your life. Karen, tell us about the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> All right, so big facts. Mine is probably gonna—I mean, just based on what everyone else has been saying—probably uh, erring on the side of optimism at ten and seven. Um, now, had this been a sixteen-game regular season like years prior, I would say they're still a seven-loss team. I think the Dallas Cowboys are a seven-loss team either way. Looking at their schedule this year, I don't love it. I don't hate it. Um, there's definitely more winnable games than unwinnable games for them this year. Um, but with the extra game in there, I think they can pull out an extra win instead of going nine and seven. Uh, I, I like 10 and seven. It's, it's prettier to look at. Jerome isn't talking yet. And Jerome, I, I beg you please to keep it short and sweet and not too hateful. But when you wrote down 10 and seven, I kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit <laughs> at the record, but then you explained it. And you know what, to be honest with you, Listen, there is a leap of faith you have to take a little bit here. I if if Dak is healthy and good to go, and if you reduce the expectations from last year where he was like on pace for some stupid amount, you know, the entire offense was on pace to do something something crazy. I could still see this being a team where I mean, you think about it like ten and seven sounds like a very positive record, but at the end of the day. You know, in week fifteen, in weeks fifteen through eighteen, what that is is a above average squad. It's a it's a team that wins just a few more games than it loses. And I know it sounds obvious, but really, the record makes it sound like more than it is. And I think these are realistic things. I think these are. I think that's a reasonable goal. And truly, I mean, the Cowboys were. Karen, do they 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 ended. 
as the third seed. Well, I mean, the third ranked NFC East team, right? Yes. No, okay, so second. No, I think the Giants were second, dude. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, the Giants. No, so, okay. about recovery. Yep. So, but so that makes for an easier schedule. If, if things pan out like, you know, you would expect them to, that makes for a little bit of an easier schedule. I think 10 and 7 is reasonable. I don't think the division is all that much to be scared of. And 10 and 7 is, yeah, that's good. I, I buy that. I buy it. I mean, like, I'm just like looking at it now. Like we have the Falcons and the Broncos at home. So that's good. I mean, the, the rest of it's not like looking great. We're away to Minnesota, eh, away to the Patriots. I kind of like that. Home to the Panthers. Look, the big the big thing for everyone in your division is that it's something crazy. Like from weeks twelve to eighteen on, the NFC East is just a war zone where you guys play each other like every week. Yeah. Like you play the Eagles two out of three weeks, and you it, in those same weeks, like you play the Giants two out of three weeks. You know, it's like it's wild. Last five games of the season for our division. Yeah, that's that is just craziness. <laughs> I don't know what the NFL schedulers were thinking, but it, it's uh, going to be money. a war zone. <laughs> yeah, Jerome, we, remove the vitriol from your from your lungs. From you know, you know. There. Let's start here. Their defense is doo doo butter. Now you can they take have your, they now, have now they have a great they have a great uh, I think Micah Parsons is an amazing rookie defenseman and I feel like every time I've seen him play in a preseason game it was like he was the only one that was playing like he wanted to be there um, but one guy isn't enough and as for their offense you know who's going to show up that's that's what I'm like who's showing up is is a healthy Dak going to show up I don't know. Is is a healthy and and motivated Zeke going to show up? I don't know. I you know everybody keeps talking about they have the best best guys in the league. So you know, are they going to show up? I don't know. Do I think ten and seven is reasonable? No. What do you think is reasonable? Six and ten. Six and eleven. You mean? Oh, six and eleven. Yes, sorry, six and eleven. It's a little harsh. If if their offense doesn't show up, then it's right on the money. Okay. There's no, there's no, there's no. I mean, do the players have ability? Yes. Will they be able to prove it? Who knows? Okay. I know their de- I know their defense isn't going to help them. We shall see. Yep. So, all right, folks, we're going to end this on one unexpected thing that will happen in week one every year something happens something crazy happens two years ago is Lamar Jackson throwing for five touchdowns last year it was and then he didn't throw another touchdown for the rest of the year (laughs) last year it was something else crazy who knows who cares anyway gents what is one thing that is going to surprise everyone by the end of week one. Dak Prescott gets hurt. Dak Prescott is hurt. Oh, he's playing. They said he's full, he's full ready to go. Thursday. And I don't I don't believe it for a second. I 
I see him not I'll say it like this. I don't see him finishing the game versus the Bucks. I don't think that is surprising. Let's go. Let's go. Quarters oh, are you kidding me? Drug, everybody, man. everybody, this is the this is the fucking second coming. He's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. He's amazing. He's going to throw for more yards than anyone has ever. Haven't you been reading all the articles? No. Have you been listening to what what all the talking heads saying about he's going to be one of the best fantasy quarterbacks of the year? He's not finishing week one. Let me. Okay. let me let me raise the bar then. Okay. something I think that is going to surprise everyone. By the end of week one is that the Steelers beat the Bills in Buffalo week one. That's right. I'm Some calling men just want to see the world burn. See, I, I thought it for a half a second and then I decided I don't hate where I came from. I, I actually, I love it very much and I enjoy going back there uh, because my family's there and I care about them and their well being mentally. Um, it's a good thing and- that nobody from Buffalo listens to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't, I'm well, actually, you know what? We'll be, be welcome dead. into the house. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the month, and Eric will have to find somewhere else to stay. <laughs> that's right. Listen, I, Eric will be sleeping in the yard with the four feet of snow that's going to grace Buffalo in late September. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, this team may have been a fraud, but they won, I think, 13 games last year. They were a good team. They were a good team. They are still, <laughs> the bones of them are intact. I think they've got a great, Jerome has talked about it in the past, a great rookie running back who adds something completely different that they didn't have last year. And I think Mike Tomlin knows how to coach this team up and get them prepped. And the one tenet of his entire career has been that Tomlin falters against teams. He should beats. He should, he should beat. He should beats. He should beats. <laughs> and he should beats him. And, and they fall flat on their face. Uh, against team or and then they rise the challenge of teams that they uh should have a tough time against i think i think that's the one thing that's going to surprise people the Steelers are still the Steelers, bills are still bills Steelers, the team that won what won 11 or no and then lost out that team those Steelers. i'm going for a bold statement here boys i'm not they i'm not him, going they I'm got vanilla embarrassed week one of the playoffs that's right i'm I'm going. I'm going a little different. I didn't. I didn't want to be bland for this. For this pick, week one is not bland. Week one is a wild, wild west of fucking games, man. It's it's a lot of shots being fired. Go ahead, stack. All right, and from the wild west, we're going to go down to the dirty south, down to Charlotte, where I believe the Jets are going to go down there, and they are going to rain on Sam Darnold's revenge game parade. I really like the Jets this year. And I can't believe I'm saying it. I was out on the kid from Jump Street. I didn't think Zach Wilson was going to be that good. And he has proved me the fuck wrong with what I've seen um, this offseason and training camp and preseason. Um, love their love their offense. Their defense could be a little shaky, but they're playing Sam Darnold. And I love their head, their new head coach. Um, I think Rob Salah is honestly, I think he could be coach of the year this year. He's gonna be my dark horse coach of the year. Is that because of his skin tone or he looks like a Persian god? Yes. <laughs> From mm. 300. That guy, yeah. He is an Arab, so Xerxes. Xerxes. Yeah. 
I, like I think it. that's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Guys, we are very excited for week one. World of opportunities lay in front of us all. We hope hope you all are excited about week one as well. And hey, good luck. Week one is a real week. One's kind of a throwaway in fantasy. You got it. You know, a lot of a lot of people picked auto picks. A lot of people, you know, you know, you got to wait for the dust to settle and see like, yeah, people were supposed to be wide receiver ones and stuff like that. And that just didn't wind up making into the game plan. Don't be discouraged after week one. Don't don't throw it away like, fuck, you know, the rest of this season's shit. Let week one pass. You can win. I promise you, you can win your league championship if you lose week one. I promise. Unless you're Kieran. Kieran, if you're listening to me, you are my week one opponent in the league of record and you will fucking fail. And it is only a tale of things to come. Kieran, you're my week one opponent in the NFL league and... I'm going to widen your dick hole with a sharpened lead pencil. I love you guys too. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. I got news for you, baby, baby. You're looking at the man. Right at the car.